Well, hey there, and welcome to our Sermon Audio Podcast from Mountain View Christian Center, a place to connect. Good morning. So either you don't like camping, nobody invited you camping, or you're not an American. Glad you're here on this Memorial Day weekend. Um, it's okay, it's probably raining where people are camping anyways, right? So it is good to be here. My name is Wayne. I'm the youth pastor here, and I get to share with you this morning, if that's okay. I know we didn't run it by you um, beforehand, so I hope it's okay. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll get started this morning. God, I need you. Father God, I pray that as we look to your word, God, that you would speak to us. God, that your words would come through. God, that your word would challenge us. God, that it would challenge the way we think, the way we live. Father God, that because of the time that we spend in your word, that we would leave here loving you more and wanting more to live for you. God, I pray that you are glorified today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. But seriously, how are you doing this morning? Everybody's good, at least good. All right. Um, growing up, most of us go through a lot of careers that we think we'd like to do. Anybody else or just me? I know some people are like four and they're like, I'm going to do this, and then they do it, and that's not right. What were some of your guys' things that you wanted to be when you grew up? You raised your hand. You have to answer now. Everybody's looking at you. I'll say your name, Cindy, and then, oops. Now you're really, tell us. What? Police officer. That was on my list. Anybody else willing to share? Charles, jet pilot. Um, maybe a few, it was a baseball player, the president, an animator for Disney, a doctor, or John Stockton. What, nobody else wanted to be John Stockton? Does anybody, does anybody besides my dad know who John Stockton is? Who's John Stockton? Yeah, dude on the left. You know what John Stockton did? He could shoot decently. But you know what he did most? He passed the ball to the dude on the right. Carl Malone. And everybody knows Carl Malone. But John Stockton was one of my favorite basketball players, played for the Utah Jazz. Wanted to be him. Um, I'm tall enough to be him. Um, I'm unselfish enough to be him. I'm humble enough to... Never mind. I wanted to be him, but one thing, one thing that I really wanted to be growing up was a knight. And not like after the day comes the night night, but like a knight. I never necessarily thought I'd make a particularly good knight, but that never stopped me from dreaming. I've been on a horse like six times in my life. Five of those times it was a ride where that horse knew exactly what he was supposed to do with some guy like me getting on him. And actually one time I went with my wife. My wife can actually ride horses. One time we were grooming our horses before we went on a ride, and, and the horse backed me up against the wall. And my wife was like, you have to let the nose, horse know who's in charge. And I said to her, the horse does know who's in charge. That's why I'm against the wall. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen a horse, but they're bigger than us. And another time we went on a ride down to the beach, and I wore these shoes. Because I thought, I have cowboy boots. I grew up in Castle Rock. I have a cowboy hat. I have a belt buckle that my dad's uncle won in a rodeo. But if I wear my cowboy boots, this horse will think I know what I'm doing. But if I wear Converse Chuck Taylors, this horse will know I'm from the city, and I have no business being on him, and he'll probably take it easy on me. 
So I never really had the qualifications to be a knight. Also, I was born in 1981, long after knighthood really existed. But one thing about being a knight that would have been super sweet is having a castle to call my home. Anybody else ever wanted to live in a castle? I mean, until you think about what it actually would be like to live in a castle. But just the initial thought is great. All right, something with a drawbridge and a moat. Maybe a couple of towers where your archer friend could sit and keep you safe while you play cribbage with your squire. Um, a castle would be living. You never have to vacuum, right? That's pretty neat. Um, now, I've never been to a castle that I know of, but I went to the Google this morning, and I found out that in medieval times, castle walls were generally 30 to 40 feet high and about 20 feet thick, which, according to my tape measure, 20 feet is from about here because it's the first thing I could find to, to hang it on when I was here by myself this morning to about here. That's a fairly thick wall to get through. That is a lot of rock between guys trying to kill you and you, which I'm pretty sure was a good thing. So between whatever was trying to get to and you, there's 20 feet of rock and stone and rubble, and there's dudes with bows and arrows keeping you safe. Now, maybe you're not like me, and you didn't want to be a knight and live in a castle, but I'd imagine that we've all longed for security. Maybe you've always been worried about finances and having enough to provide for your family. Maybe your family has had health issues and you're anxious about your own health. Maybe your whole world just got rattled by some unexpected news and you don't know where to turn. Or maybe, maybe it's your wife's turn to choose where you're gonna eat for lunch today and that scares you. I think it's my, I'm not sure. I might be scared. But no matter what you're facing, we're all facing something. The writer of Psalm 46 tells us where we can run to. Our title today is Refuge. You guys probably knew that because you're smart and it's been behind me for the last five minutes. And we're going to read Psalm 46 this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have your smartphone, you can turn there. Um, or if you can read that, I'm sorry, it's kind of small. We'll call that my bad. Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. All right, let's go home. That's all you need, right? It's good enough for me. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and behold the works of the Lord, how he is brought Desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So, who is this psalm about? Who's the main character here? Is it me? 
Is it you? Is it God? Most of this text is about God. There's a lot of Psalms where David's crying out, God, this about me, God, this about me. I cried all night, my pillow's wet. And those are good Psalms. And there's times where we need to cry out to God about us because God cares about us. But this Psalm is about who God is regardless of us. The focus is not on us as men or women. Our feelings, our circumstances, our happiness, and our situations take a back seat to who God is. God is our refuge. No matter what, that castle is a castle. Whether I run to it when the enemy's attacking or not, that castle is a castle. What I do has no, no effect on that being a castle. The website for the Ridgefield Wildlife Refuge says that the refuge exists. It was established in 1965 to provide wintering habitat for the dusky subspecies of the Canada goose. How many of you knew that? Yeah, it's right down the road there. I spent some time there this week. I walked farther than I ever had, and I didn't get lost. And um, I had people comment because I was, um, on Tuesday, I decided, hey, today would be a good day to wear a bow tie. Um, and also a good day to walk and pray in the refuge. So I was walking the refuge, and there's like these kids there on their field trip, and they're looking at me like, this guy's probably lost. Um, I don't know if I'm the first person to ever walk the refuge in a bow tie, um, but I'm probably the most recent, but the, I looked lost. But that place is a place that we set aside to be a safe place for those silly gooses. And they can come there, and they know when they're there, they're safe. It's also a beautiful place to walk. Um, and most of the trails loop around so you might not get lost. Um, I'm happy to report that I did not get lost. I know some of you were still wondering because you saw me post on Facebook and weren't sure if I did get lost, but I made it back to my car. But that's a place where the habitat for the goose is protected from people. It's a safe place, a place that they can call home and feel like they belong. The Hebrew word, the Hebrew word here, um, which is translated refuge, can also mean hiding place and shelter. It's used throughout the Old Testament as hiding place or shelter. Whether or not we run to him, God is our refuge. Um, if you're taking notes today, and that's the one thing you write down, I'd pick that one. Um, if you're checking it on Facebook and you need a, need a quote, I'd pick that one. Also, my left side, if you're taking a picture for faith, left side. Whether or not we run to him, God is our refuge. There was a line in a song from John Mark McMillan that I'm a big fan of. It says, God, I know that I need you, but sometimes I know it more. It's easy up here to know that we need God. It makes sense. We need God. He's God. We're people. We need him. But it's when our soul hurts, it's when things don't go right, that we need to get that from here to here and go, God, I need you. We need with our whole being to rely on his grace and his power. Verse 2, or sorry, the second half of verse 1 said he's a very present help in trouble. Is anybody else thankful for that besides me? We are thankful that God is always with us, but how comforting to know that he is with us in times of trouble. The word here for trouble can be translated as need, distress, anxiety, enmity. Those are all fun things, right? But God is with us through that. Anxiety, distress, need. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes I call that Monday. 
can just be a bad day. All those things can come on us in one day. But God is not just a help, but a very present help. He's not just there if we need him. He's not just a phone call away and he'll be there in 10 minutes. I mean, I have parents and I've called them and they've dropped what they're doing to pick up our kids and that's great. But God is always, always right there, a very present help in times of need, in times of trouble. When we are anxious, God is our help, our refuge, and our safe place. When we have need, God is our hope, our refuge, and our safe place. Whether or not we run to him, God is our refuge. Our decisions and actions do not determine God's character. How many of you are thankful for that? He is God. He does not change. What I think of him does not change who he is. How I portray him to the world does not change who he is or what he's about. He is God, and God is our refuge, regardless of how I act, regardless of me running to him. God is our refuge. But him being our refuge doesn't do us any good unless we make the choice to run to him. Would you guys agree with that? It's like if this is my drawbridge and the enemy's coming and I'm here, I'm like, oh no, the enemy, this is bad. This is really bad because he has a sword. I can't even spell sword. But if I stay here and worry, and we do that so often because we see things from our perspective. If I stay here and worry as the enemy comes and my fortress is here, it's a nice fortress. Almost 20 feet thick, but it will do me no good unless I get my tush back to the safe place, back to the fortress. God is our refuge no matter what. So often when we face trouble, our first thought is, what can I do, right? We're all a little bit selfish. I'm a lot selfish. I'm working on it sometimes. Sometimes I'm just enjoying it. But we're selfish. We focus on what I can do. How many of you know if there's trouble coming and I focus on what I can do, then I have to be my own refuge. But if I turn to what God can do, that seems like a better idea. Now, I'm not real good at math, but I'm me. And I know I've made mistakes in the last 15 minutes. And he's God. He is perfect. He is holy. He is powerful. He is my refuge, my strong tower, my safe place. But so often when troubles come, when we have a bad day, we look at what we can do. We focus on our strength, our resolve, and what we can do instead of running to the one who is our strength, our refuge, and our safety. In verses 7 and 11, which are exactly the same, they repeat themselves, so they might be important. It says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Other translations say, the Lord of heavenly armies. The God who commands the angels is with us. The Lord of all creation is on our side. Oftentimes, we can, only, we can see what's around us in the physical world, so it can be easy to breeze past this and go, yeah, the God who commands the armies of heaven is with us. That's neat. Because our focus is on what we see. Our focus is on uh, getting laid off at work. Our focus is on a fight with our wife. And we see our wife, and that's the problem. She's never the problem, by the way. It's usually my fault. 
But we focus on what we can see in this natural world. We don't focus on what's going on in the spiritual realm. Ephesians 6.12 tells us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So when we take that into account, know that our struggle is mostly not here. This is just what plays out of our struggle. But our struggle is there. Then to think that I have the God who commands the armies of heaven. Oh, I said, that means a little bit more. Because I don't, I don't need the, the God who commands heavenly armies if I'm just worried about a fight with my wife. If I'm worried about the fight with my wife and not everything that's going on. So when we take a perspective that's more spiritual, having the God who commands angel armies becomes a bigger deal. The portion of our struggle, our anxiety, our distress that we see and focus on is not the whole thing. It can be really easy for us to look at our situation solely from a human perspective. I get sick, I take medicine. I need a bit of extra money, I work overtime. My relationship with my wife is rough, I try and communicate better. Because we all know that when we try, things get better, right? Maybe, for a minute. Um, one time, probably many times, but one time I was at church, and I had a really bad headache. Anybody ever have a really bad headache? Like, I just want to lay down in the dark for three days, bad headache. And it was the best. So we were at church, and I asked, like, I was at youth, with the youth ministry, and we were there. And I asked, like, four leaders, girls, if they had any Advil, because girls have purses. You know, I didn't ask any guys if they had Advil, because... We don't have anywhere to keep Advil. But girls have purses. So I asked these, like, four girls if they have any Advil. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then this, the fourth one was like, no, but can I pray for you? I was like, oh, probably should have done that first. Our first reaction is, I'm sick, I need medicine. Because medicine makes the sick go away. But our first reaction should be, something's wrong, I need God. I need my refuge. I need my strength. The problem with focusing on us is that the focus is on me, and I am not a refuge. I am not a hiding place. And I am not the commander of angel armies. Um, I am not the commander of any armies. But my God is. My God is a refuge. He is a safe place. I must learn to shift my focus from my problem to my Savior. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a bad day. And it's really easy when you have a bad day to focus on what's making your bad day, isn't it? Like you get up in the morning and your wife didn't make you waffles. And that can just ruin your whole day because you're sitting all day just thinking, man, if she just made me waffles, this would be a good day. We focus on us. We focus on our problems instead of our Savior. There is only one active command for us in these 11 verses. We're told not to fear, but that's kind of a passive thing. You know, God is in control. Don't fear. But towards the end, we're actively told to be still. Verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. When is the last time that you were still for more than 15 seconds and not when you were asleep? There is so much noise in our world. There is so much going on that it is hard. We need to be intentional to be still. It is incredibly easy to be distracted and have something going on at all times. Many of us have computers in our pockets. They can do everything we need it to, and thousands of things we don't need it to, but it does them well. 
it's so easy to always be distracted, to always be going, that we don't take time to be still, to be in God's presence. We have to be intentional about making time to just sit in God's presence. The Hebrew word, sorry, the Hebrew word, which apparently is hard to say because I messed it up all three times today, carries other meanings such as to let go, to release, and to leave alone. Whether or not we run to him, God is our refuge. If your refuge is solid, you can let go of the anxiety about what is going on outside the walls. God has you. The God who commands the angels, the God who spoke the earth into existence, the God who loves you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross is your refuge, your safety, your hiding place. I'm a big fan of this psalm and just the language. And we, if I don't know if you noticed, most of the songs we sing today had to do with kind of this, with the seas raging. When, when everything is falling down around us, God is our refuge. Our, our faith isn't in the world. Our faith isn't in our situation. Our faith isn't in our job. Our hope isn't in our family or a long life or money. Our hope is in God. And we need to be willing to run to him. This week I would challenge you during a prayer time to be still. It might be awkward. It may seem like time takes forever. But sometimes, sometimes what I do is I'll set an alarm on my phone for like five minutes or more honestly, like two minutes. Um, because then I'm not checking the clock. And sometimes people are like, yeah, but then like if the alarm goes off and you're, you're really being still and, and spending time in God's presence, it will distract you. Yeah, but if I don't set the alarm 10 seconds later, it's going to distract me. So if I can get two minutes or five minutes because I set an alarm, and if that alarm goes off and I still need to sit in God's presence, I can set it again. Or I can silence it. Or I can throw it across the room, but that's a bad idea. But I would challenge you this week, a couple times during your prayer time, to sit for three minutes and be still and wait on God and listen. And maybe you'll hear some life-changing direction, but maybe not. Sometimes when I take time to simply sit in God's presence, I leave knowing that God loves me, knowing that he is in control, and still having no idea what I'm supposed to do. But those first two are enough. Because I can leave God's presence. Well, I can't leave God's presence, but I can leave that time in God's presence knowing that he is God, that he is in control, that he is my refuge. So this week I challenge you, and I challenge myself because I don't do it enough either, to take a couple days and just spend time listening, being still, and letting God speak. When I was in the 10th grade, I was in a play. I was really good. I was so good they gave me two parts because the old man died fairly early, so I had to come back as a Nazi. Um, and in this play, my neighbor, who was one day older than me, then, and still is, because I can't catch her, no matter what I do, she is still one day older than me, um, she was Corey Tinboom. This play was the hiding place. I was probably mediocre at best, but I'm kind of okay with that. 
But I did get to play, like I told you, old man and a German soldier um, during this play. And if you've never heard of The Hiding Place, uh, there's a book if you like to read. There's a movie if you don't. Um, there's both if you're one of those people who likes to read the book and then complain how the movie wasn't the same as the book. You can do that. Um, either way, but during World War II, Corey Ten Boom and her family opened their home to Jews and other refugees. Their home was a hiding place for those who were f- fleeing for their lives. The people that they helped could find safety, shelter, and food. The Ten Boom family was willing to risk everything that they had to care for people that they didn't know. On February 28, 1944, a Dutch informant told the Nazis of the Ten Boon's activities and the Gestapo raided the home. They kept the house under surveillance, and by the end of the day, 35 people, including the entire Ten Boon family, were arrested. Although German soldiers thoroughly searched the house, they didn't find the half-dozen Jews safely concealed in the hiding place. The six days in the cramped space for near... Sorry, the six stayed in the cramped space for nearly three days before being rescued by the Dutch underground. The Tin Boom House was a refuge to God's chosen people. The Tin Booms were like, they were, you know, they had read the Old Testament. They were like, you are God's chosen people. We will do whatever we can to help you. It was a hiding place. Those, those six people that were in the home when it got raided, um, hopefully they had read Psalm 46 and they knew to be still. And apparently they did a pretty good job of being still because they stayed hidden for three days and weren't found. It is estimated that the tin booms saved over 800 lives during the time that their house was a hiding place. We have a safe place that we can run to and a great big God who cares for us and is our refuge from the storms we face. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, no matter what is ahead, the uncertainty, the anxiety. We can run to God. And I'm talking to myself at least as much as I'm talking to you guys because whatever is coming, we know that God is our refuge, that he is a strong tower, that he is a safe place, that he will hide us and keep us and love us. So I'm going to pray and then we'll be dismissed today, but I would just encourage you this week to take that time Spend a few minutes just sitting in God's presence, being still, just letting God be there for you. No matter what you're facing, no matter what we're going through, to run to God, who is our refuge. Father, we love you. God, we thank you that you're our refuge. God, that in you, we are safe. God, not always safe like we want to be, but God, we are safe, that you care for us. God, that you provide for us. God, that you are a strong tower. God, I pray that you would help us to seek you. God, that you would help us to run to you. God, that when things go wrong, that you would help us to shift our focus from ourselves and what we can do about the situation to you, to who you are, and to your great love for us. God, I pray that this week you go with us, God, give us, give us strength, God, as we face the things ahead of us. God, give us peace as we look at things that worry us. God, I just pray that you move in us. God, that you remind us of your love and your grace for us this week. In Jesus' holy name we pray.
Amen. Thank you for checking out our podcast today. For more information, you can find us on the web at www.mountainviewchristiancenter.net.